Welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast, the show where I, Ben Talon, illustrator and writer, explore human creativity and invite people from the creative industry and far beyond to share their story of creativity, both the nature and the nurture, the chaos and the calm. Creativity is a fundamental pillar of human happiness, a vital ingredient in the solutions to all of our problems, so often misunderstood. Little by little, I'm building an archive of valuable stories, experiences, and tips to help you maximize yours. The show is supported by founding sponsor and B Corp, Illustration X. Take a look at their stunning range of illustrators and animators now at illustrationx.com. If you like the music for the show, it's by Dirty Freud, who you can listen to on Spotify and all good music streaming services. Like almost almost every day or every week happens something. I think actually every day that uh, fills you with with uh, with sadness and, and sorrow, and you cannot uh, express it with words anymore. Uh, but you can if you if you see in a picture that can express this, you 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 understand that this is it. You you can share it, and and it's going to be your your feelings. Today I'm speaking with a Ukrainian craft illustrator, designer, and design community activist. Olya Protasova. Olya's story is incredibly inspiring and should serve to remind us all that freedom is not guaranteed. We discuss creativity in times of conflict at length. I warn you now that we touch upon sensitive topics, but if you are able, I hope you'll dig in with us and borrow just a modicum of the strength Olya and the Ukrainian people have shown us is possible throughout this challenging time. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Ben Tal and this is the Creative Condition Podcast. How are you? I hope you're good. I hope you're doing well. I hope your week is going smoothly. A big, big thank you for the response to Simon Schrodinger, which was episode... Well, it was Creative Stories number three, even though I labelled it as Creative Stories number two for the best part of the week. Um, I do apologise. I had been a sleep-deprived um few weeks the kids have been acting up we're not going to go into detail there nighttime shenanigans three eye bags under each eye that's all you need to know <laughs> i hope you well thank you for the lovely feedback i i really had fun recording that episode it was very real it was a very candid deep dive into the mind of an overthinker through the context of a spiral of thought triggered by a missing cat poster just down our road. Um, a shorter one, a fun one. I'm breaking up the guest episodes with these creative stories and the creative questions. So again, if you have any questions, get them to me. I have a few in the bank of those that are going to be coming up very soon. Massive thank you to the founding sponsor of this show, illustration and animation agency illustration x you can check out their fantastic global range of illustration and animation portfolios right now at illustrationx.com and maybe go and check out the news site for the inside scoop on you know the projects the clients how these things run what the story is it's a really nice little uh, window into the illustration industry so this is without doubt one of the most challenging, inspiring, real um, conversations I've ever had. It was an utter honour to have it. Olya 
um, has shown strength along with the Ukrainian people beyond my comprehension. Me, who doesn't have to live the horrors that the Ukrainian people are going through right now. We see them from afar. Do you know what I mean? Newspapers, televised news, social media. We can connect, we can try to empathise through those channels, but I believe that ultimately we are disconnected in a sense that it is borrowed. It's borrowed horror. And for highly sensitive people like me, it can still be very, very tough, whether that's the conflict in Gaza, whether that's what's happening right now as we approach two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, that's not when the war started, by the way. It's 2014, as we're going to touch upon in our conversation today. But 2022 was the full-scale invasion. And it's utterly horrendous. But I believe that creativity is a glue that bonds us in a way that these news channels cannot, that social media cannot. I think that creativity is one of um, humanity's fundamental pillars, as you will very well know if you're a regular, regular listener to the show. I have waxed lyrical for over 200 episodes now about the joys and the value and the necessity of creativity for a happy life. But it has many sides to it, you know, as we're going to learn today. We're going to discuss creativity in conflict. I did mention at the top of the show this is going to be quite a tough conversation on many levels. How could it not be? We are talking with a person who is in the midst of a war, an actual war. Something that I've never had to truly fear or taste or smell. And I wanted to have this conversation because there is so much resilience and so much strength and character being shown on a daily basis as these poor people caught in the war feel and show um, they feel sadness sorrow anger um, so many emotions such a broad spectrum on any given day that it is truly heartbreaking but here's why I wanted to talk to Olya in particular. So Olya is a listener to this podcast and she got in touch. She's a regular correspondent. She'll give uh, lovely praise on episodes, which is a joy. But it was a Saturday morning and I was tagged in a post on LinkedIn and, and I hate to admit that I went on LinkedIn on a Saturday. <laughs> but, but I did. I just replied to a message and I saw that I'd been tagged in a stairs. And Olya said, I don't have the exact words in front of me right now because I wanted to retell it in my own way, in my memory of it, because it was such a touching moment. Olya said that she listened to episode 199 of this podcast with uh, Stefan Sagmeister. Now, I think Stefan is inarguably one of the most famous graphic designers of all time, if such a thing exists. We're a very uh, insular, um, nerdy industry. So to us guys, that currency is absolutely right up there. But I think outside of it, you know, if, if you talk about graphic designers to someone who's never been in our industry, 
they don't really know. That's beside the point. Um, Olya had heard my conversation with Stefan about long-term thinking about his book, Now Is Better, and she'd taken it to a Ukrainian publisher and had managed to get a deal for the book. And, you know, full translation, and she said that we will continue to make and create and produce books like this, even though we know that at any moment Russia could bomb us. And this isn't, a, you know, this isn't about me. I played such a tiny part in that happening. But all the same, to know that while loved ones are being lost, creative people and professionals are still making and creating and using their talents to aid the cause at this time. And that this little podcast brought this book to Olya's attention and now it exists in Ukraine. I cannot tell you what that means because I studied and I wrote about graphic activism on my dissertation because to me, I always was in love with the power of visual communication, of design, of music, of the arts and creativity to touch the soul and to transcend language and to do something that language and action can't always do. So to learn that was mind-blowing to me. So I immediately messaged Olya to thank her and I said, would you, would you be interested in having a conversation about this? Because it is truly... Um, mind-blowing to me that this is a thing so she said yeah straight away you know the, the, the whole thing at the moment is I think that the creative community who are in a position to still create who don't have to go and fight on the front lines which is not everyone by the way this is a sad reality of what's going on they are using every scrap of their talent of their energy their anger and all those emotions to create work to celebrate ukrainian culture to share news spread the word to protest to rebel all of the incredible things that any form of activism can can make happen and a week or so before this chat all you sent me some references to ukrainian history and culture and among them was this beautiful project called abeka 33 and this is a typographic ukrainian alphabet with a piece of ukrainian history or culture for each character so for two days i didn't resurface after that i, I had to push everything back ran some tight on some deadlines because i just got sucked so far down into this ukrainian history rabbit hole reading about hundreds of years worth of adversity and conflict simultaneously angry at the worst of humanity but also inspired by the sheer resilience of ukrainian people throughout their history um if you want to see this project which i absolutely implore no insist that you do you can go uh, and check out what in my opinion is a perfect piece of activism over at abetkoa.com and i'm spelling that a b e t k a ua.com beautifully designed project wonderful snapshot of ukrainian history but utterly heartbreaking to see just how much bullshit these guys have had to handle in their history and that makes their history altogether different to ours not in the sense of what's happened but in terms of 
its place in society. You know, I think of growing up and my granddad telling war stories and being aware of the Second World War, but seeing this archaic almost footage and feeling very disconnected, very distant from that, like it was irrelevant to me. Whereas in Ukraine, I think the sheer ubiquity of aggression and conflict and attempts to wipe out their language and you know their identity in so many ways makes that different and we talk about that today Olya and I we talk about how it almost shrinks down the timeline to something that is more you know it's less linear and it's almost more layered almost interdimensional um so Olya has been a constant champion of creative community who have shown bravery on a different level to reconfigure and to use their talents on many levels to fight fight for their place in the world their right to exist to inspire change to celebrate what they hold dear and thanks to her efforts i i discovered all this um incredible work that i hadn't come across before work of um the designer artem guzev who redesigned the iconic artemzil salt packaging supplier of salt to all of ukraine for 140 years and on this package he replaced the world's salt with strength after the factory was destroyed by russian shelling and in doing so after a year of war he helped to get salt back on the shelves and in doing so he helped fund the country's drone program through the sales of these limited edition salt packaging can you believe that that is just so um powerful impactful you know it's it's it makes you want to follow suit and that's another great property of graphic activism and creativity um, i found out that there's a character in the ukrainian alphabet that is a soft quietening character which in this abetka 33 alphabet had been cleverly used to encourage a quiet moment of reflection for every man woman and child lost to conflict in the current war and all those that went before i learned about olya's beautiful plasticine tribute to the horrifying Holodomor genocide. Um, read up on it. It's on the Abetka alphabet. A horrific forced starvation of um, heartbreaking numbers of people. I learned about the writer and poet Ivan Franco, who survived three arrests and near starvation to keep writing. And I encountered the beautifully bright and powerful art of Maria Primachenko. So I'm going to ask each of my listeners to go and follow Olya on LinkedIn or Instagram. Spelling Olya, O-L-H-A. You can see it on the title of the episode with the full name. Um, and to help Olya and her people, to, I want you to go and read about the Abeka 33 alph alphabet, about the history of Ukraine. You'll be inspired and you'll find ways to contribute your freedom and your talents to this vital cause. We talk about that today, so listen in first, and Olya's going to you know, touch upon some very easy ways to help by sharing the work of Ukrainian creatives, supporting their work, their cause. And don't stop there. Be active. We have great power in these skills of ours. As Olya says, all of what we have can be taken away in a moment's notice. This could be our country that's getting bombed. That's the reality of the world we live in. That's heavy. It's heavy to think about. 
It's grotesque to have to live, and that's what is going on in their lives right now in Ukraine. When the liberty of one group of people is taken away, it rarely stops there. History tells us that much, I think. But that's enough from me. I'm going to bring you one of the richest conversations I'll ever have with one of the bravest, most inspiring people I have the honour of calling a friend. Enjoy? Does that feel like the right word? Yeah, do you know I'm going to say enjoy? Because I think there's a lot to take from this. There's a lot of heart to take and um, a lot of steel that certainly got put into me. I came out of one of the cafes that I was researching in on my laptop here in Salisbury where I live. And I'll never forget walking out and I've been reading about the hedgehogs. Hedgehog is a, um, you've probably seen them, the big iron street furniture that is anti-tank street furniture. It's like a big, almost, um, it's a crisscross, big iron bars. I don't know if you've seen them, but look them up. I came out onto the street here in Salisbury uh, afterwards and I, I genuinely stopped just outside the doors of the cafe that I had left and just looked around and felt incredibly grateful because I didn't have to see them in the road. I didn't have to look up. I didn't have to listen out for air alerts. That's the reality of what these people are going through. So when you know that, take a moment just to consider the creativity that is still coming out of that country. Um, I, I'm struggling for words, so I'm going to stop prattling. But I hope you, I hope you do enjoy this. I hope you get inspired there by this, even as a percentage as much as I did. Um, that's enough. Let's get on with it. Everything is okay now, but nobody knows what's going to be tomorrow. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like this. Yeah. Nobody's really safe. Yeah, of course. And you cannot get... sit in, in a bam bomb shelter all day. No, of course. I mean, yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Is finding the resilience to, um, you know, because you have to live yeah. life. You have to live life. Don't yes, you? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And oh. yeah. Let's talk about, I don't know, where do we, where do we start? It's interesting because, you know, I always like that. I always start with childhood and we will get yeah. there. But I feel like we need to start. I don't know. Where, where shall we start? <laughs> yeah, I, start? I want to start, first of all, uh, to be saying thank you to all people who uh supported ukraine and still supporting and i hope will be uh, both ukraine and ukrainians people in general and people in particular that you probably meet or you meet online uh yeah just a huge thank you to you all to you ben to your colleagues to like organizations to everyone governments it's, mm. it means the world to us and yeah i, I I'm glad I have my moment to just to say that. I can't even start to fathom what that means because I haven't had, you know, I haven't had to live through what you are currently living through, you know? Yeah. Um, so I can't, I can only see that from a, I can only compare on, on such a small scale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we read about such stuff in history books, actually. Yeah. All the time, like all in, in use. Yeah. It's something, something from history, you know, like war, really? <laughs> well this is yeah. the thing i was thinking about this you know is while i was researching this podcast i was yeah you know, I've, I've kind of given you know i'm i'm behind on lots of things in the best possible way because the links that you sent yeah. were fantastic and i got i mm -hmm. ended up down the rabbit hole of reading so much about ukrainian history and and, and i'll be honest i had no idea that you guys have you know culturally 
have had to suffer so much adversity over yeah. hundreds of years. I had no idea. And I was, yeah. you know, with each new event that I read about, I was like, oh my God, like this is, you know, yeah. this is not a new thing. I mean, it's intense, yeah. of course, but isn't, this is not new. And that's sad. Yeah. It's not new. The the oppression which uh, Ukrainians are facing and the, this um, denial that we are kind of exist, it, it's not new at all. Mm. Like, um, really, um, it's very, very old thing. We, we are saying that um, the full-scale war uh, is two, two years, uh, but uh, real war... Russian-Ukrainian war is 10 years old, but actually it's 100 years old fight mm -hmm. and even more. Uh, like, uh, actually, we, we are referring to events that uh, very frequently but that uh, were 100 years ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and in terms of your, in, in your, in your life, how, mm -hmm. you know, how familiar have you been with, with conflict? And, and because I'm right in thinking 1991 was the kind of declaration of independent Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm just, um, <laughs> you, you said about, uh, uh resilience and, um, uh, I, I was, um, uh, thinking, uh, and 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 about uh, uh, that you said uh, right now, I was thinking, yeah, Ukrainians are very resilient because we had uh, really, <laughs> we really had a difficult life. For example, when I was two, uh, it was Chernobyl catastrophe, uh, and uh, my mom and uh, me and my sister we became refugees for the first time because we were in Kiev and uh, we went nowhere like uh, it was a uh, chaos and uh, people were trying to just take uh, take kids away and uh, then um, uh, Soviet Union collapsed in uh, 1991 uh, and it was a good thing actually uh, it was also um it was also uh, not revolution prote protests also and uh, this uh, protests on main square maidan uh, and uh, yeah, it collapsed. But uh, for us, it was a very big economical, uh, I don't know how to say it. It was economical hole. It was economical uh, disaster. 90s were very, very bad for us. Huge poverty. And uh, yeah, it was with kids, of course. We were like, okay, it's, it's fine. But for our parents, yeah, when I'm thinking about 90s, I say, oh my gosh, how did they manage all that? And it's a uh, true for I don't know, ninety nine percent of Ukrainians probably. <laughs> but then things gradually become better and better, and um, uh, like uh, Ukraine was developing. But then, um, uh, two thousand four, uh, Orange Revolution again, and crisis again, and then um crisis financial crisis of 2008 and well also bad things around and then uh, 2013 also uh, like uh, revolution on dignity and start the war in 2014 and i remember when pandemic hit uh, Ukrainians said like, and, and I remember it was around the world, we, we were hearing like, oh, so bad, economic is going to shrink, it's everything's going to crash. But in Ukraine, we said, really? Okay, we can manage. We saw worse things. So kind of Ukrainians are really resilient people. And 
I think kind of all of us, uh, like my generation, I mean, like generation of my parents, they saw really, really that tough bad thing. A generation of my grandparents and, and our old grandparents, they saw war and um, and 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 like like Holodomor and like lots of uh, bad things. So um, and now our kids are uh, in situation of. Uh, of this war so yeah but uh what is uh, in my opinion important about uh, ukrainians since we can manage like we will manage some some somehow some way with help of uh, of uh, like world community because we we are just like that we uh, we don't give up uh, we unite uh, work together help each other and uh, we know that we will survive and we will manage because we we, we saw we have examples of, of that uh, and yeah that's that's how I feel about it. So to to so to go just a little deeper then into your, your childhood. So I mean, yeah. refugee at tw- yeah. two year, two years old. That's in, that's profound. You know, that's that's going to shape. Yeah, you yeah. I I, I kind of remember remember this. I remember this because we went to. Uh, we went to uh, Riga, to Latvia, and then we went to uh, North uh, Caucasus, uh, to to Russia, and to Ge- Georgia. Oh, it was complicated, uh, complicated journey for my mother. But to me, the main thing is uh, this uh, this strength of my my parents that they are were like uh, they were going through this, and I'm I'm kind of find, finding. Uh, power and like uh, support in this they uh, yeah uh, mm. like this for me it's a story about uh, okay bad things happening let's 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 work work it out and at what yeah. point at what point i mean you mm-hmm. know, okay so all children create yeah that's what we do as humans yeah how you know what did that look like in your childhood environment i mean uh, you know where where what was what are your earliest memories of creating and is it something that was fostered in your ah. home, in, in your home environment oh sure yes um yeah my my parents are both scientists uh, uh, my dad is a freshwater biologist and my mom is uh, uh by a chemist oh, wow. and uh, but also they are art lovers so they were uh, uh my my dad is a matter painter uh, artist and uh, they were always on art exhibitions uh, and uh, uh, I, I was born and raised in Kiev which is main city uh, and uh, of course we have and always had even in hardest time we had art exhibitions and uh, like artistic life and so I from my old childhood I was uh, taken to the <laughs> to these art exhibitions and museums and yeah every Saturday uh, there was a museum visit. It was like under like lectures for kids, and so for me it was very uh, very uh, natural thing to to start uh, to start to drawing. And my dad, uh, he's drawing all the time. He's like um, uh, every day he makes sketches, uh, diaries with sketches and paintings on weekends and. Um, every every um, weekend we were 
every weekend we were in, in nature, uh, I mean in the forest, fields, or river or somewhere, and uh, he was painting there, small study, and so all um, I was painted with him from, I don't know, six years old, I was painting with oils, so yeah, it was very, like, my life. So I, uh, all my life, I was happy that all my life I, I'm doing only art illustration, lettering uh, things, so I never done anything like that, and, not, and only now I'm uh, involved in uh, community things. I work as a project manager for uh, NGO, which makes uh, projects for Ukrainian design community. So, yeah, I mean, and, and your role in all of this has been, you know, really inspiring to me. And 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 to see to see the kind of um, rallying of the Ukrainian creative community, and yeah. you know, the the reason. There are many reasons I wanted to have this conversation today. But yeah. the, the kind of trigger point for me was the post that you made about Stefan's book. Mm-hmm. So for the sure. listeners, I, I it was just for me, this was a Saturday morning. I sat down, my kids running amok, and and yeah. I see your post about, you know, um how you'd managed to get Stefan's book to a publisher in Ukraine. And yeah. Stefan's book but, Stefan Sagmeister's yeah. book being now is better. Um and to me you know, that it was your statement about continuing to make and the continuation to cre- of creation in the face of this. Yeah. Work. And that to me was just, you know, that kind of hit me for six. I, I thought that was, to me, that was profound and to have played some, yeah. t- some tiny part in, in, in that. It, it's, this is not about me. So that's, that's not the point, but it was, yeah, it validated so much of my belief yeah. about creativity's role as a human necessity. So it's, this is something I wanted to disclaim really early in this conversation is that this is not about pretty pictures. This, pretty pictures mm-hmm. are still, still important, and that's something I want to touch upon later on. But but first and foremost, to me, I always believed from my late teens that creativity played a part in happiness for human beings. Um, it sounds like they were, you and your family were well aware of this and embraced that from what you just told me. Um, but let's talk about why sending Stefan's book and, and still fighting this battle for creativity and, and growth was and is important? Oh, yeah, just uh, just to mention, it was really as you described, but uh, uh, I want to just mention that it was really so. So uh, you're, I'm listening to your podcast, how you, you communicate uh, your conversation with Stefan Wegmeister. And I'm really writing to uh, a publisher who made first uh, another book about beauty by Stefan. And he said, like, oh, so it is out already. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, like, I'm writing to to uh, rights owner right now, <laughs> like that. And it ended out, uh, up um, that uh, uh, I think they made a deal. And also uh, Stefan's going to make all Ukrainian inscriptions in the book. Is, is is what I know. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, so he requested all that. So and Stefan have been in Kiev, and uh, yeah, I, I've been on his. It was a film screening, and uh, yeah, I think he enjoyed it uh, a lot. Yeah, so uh, I just um, saw uh, how yeah he she just she saw many things, talked to many people, and yeah. Uh, so we hope to see him again, of course. Uh, yeah, and um, also uh, about want to tell a, f- a small story about how things are in Ukraine a little bit. Like everything is a little bit 
uh, do it yourself. Uh, what a story about um, the same publisher. Uh, it's uh, his name is Konstantin Kajmiaka, and the publishing house is Art Has, and they uh, made um, books. Uh, they, it, it's publishing house and printing house. They printing it beautifully uh, in Kiev. Um, and they did books for uh, about art, artists, uh, and etc. And um, uh, one one day in uh, 2017, probably, I I'm seeing that um, uh, Derek Brazel from uh, Association of uh, Illustrators, uh, he's posting on Twitter like uh, that uh, his book becoming a successful illustrator is going to be in Chinese. And so I'm writing on Twitter to Derek Brazel, like, dear Derek, what about, uh, I, I didn't know him, uh, like, no connection. I, uh, um, I, what if uh, your book is going to be published uh, in Ukraine? Uh, he said, oh, of course, sure, please, this email. So I was just, I'm asking my friends, like, who, and at that time, we had like close to zero books for designers and illustrators. Imagine it's a very probably it's very hard to imagine because the problem where uh, a lot of books in Ukraine uh, came from Russia and Russian, and they had really around um, like um, be before before uh, 2013, they actually had our market like 80 percent books was in russian and of course all books on design illustration were in russian from russian or some books were Russian books or something some export and so in at that time we had really we had no one i mean we didn't know whom to ask and how to ask how can designers initiate this like publishing books for designers. It's, it sounds crazy, right? You cannot just go to publisher and say like, here's the list, please buy, write, translate, publish these books. We need them. It sounds like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> kind of, we propose, I, I, me on behalf of uh, illustrator community, I, I propose to print his uh, book. And uh, it was a kind of a, a collaboration between the publishing house and community because uh, people were happy to have a book about illustration, finally, about working as an illustrator. They pre-ordered the book and they really made it happen. Like, uh, they financed this project. And uh, uh, Derek and Joe, they, they came to Kiev and they had lecture with us. And it was fantastic. And um, uh, this started the uh, whole series for books for illustrators and designers. And now this house publishing uh, a really lot of books for us. Like, and we still, uh, when we find some good book, we just can uh, go uh, to them and ask them uh, to do it. But uh, in return, we are um, um, promote it in our community and of course we buy in their books and so it goes like this also, also i'm not a book expert at all but i've checked uh, especially for for this uh, uh talk that when the war started um uh, this book publishing in ukraine in general dropped of course almost half um because um, uh, the major uh, um book um, factories allocated in Kharkiv uh, region, which is very close to Russia. And uh, uh, it was shelled almost every day. And, and now also too, but uh, in 
like two years ago, it was really, really, I mean, uh, beginning of war, it was really, really hard. And so they kind of stopped working, uh, but gradually they recovered. And now in Ukraine, uh, uh, like a lot of books are published, of course, new books of uh, uh, any books of people like um new books i mean big books about war books about analytical books about history and books about art also because stefan's book of course is called now is better mm -hmm. and it's yes. kind of a you know it's encouraging it's encouraging people to step back from the kind of social media um yeah tendency to to be very doom and gloom now yeah. that has to be caveated to say that you are living through a war just now so yeah so yeah. why so the question is you know why it does such a book retain its appeal even at this time yeah uh, you know what i'll give uh, an example uh, uh my grandmother lived through uh i mean now now it's better uh my mother lived uh, lived through Golodomor. it was a uh, artificial famine when people food was taken from them and uh, millions of people died but uh People in the West didn't know about that. I read that it's still yeah. not officially acknowledges a genocide, which is yeah, which is yeah, yeah. It, it was genocide, but no. But, and people, there were uh, there were um, journalists who tried to tell people, like, look, in this country, they they are killing people by just taking their food away. And my family lived through that, and yeah, so I'm part of this story. But no one, no one knew about it, and no one kind of there was no information. And, and now, when we can share what's going on, and every simple pe person can share what is going on now, yeah, I think uh, uh, the fact that information we can we can spread it, we can talk about it. Uh, in this point, now it's better, and uh, of course, Ukraine now, Ukraine has uh, such 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 a support. Like hundred years ago, we didn't have such support. Who knows? Maybe if hundred years ago, when Ukraine first became independent, um, uh, like maybe uh, if 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 we had support from other countries, that uh, Russia would. It's very complicated to say in English. <laughs> Would have not taken over. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, God, no. It's the, okay. listen, the listeners will know your English is better than mine, so yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that and that was that was exactly my 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 hope, my feeling, you know, when when I saw this. And yeah. it, and it it like I said before, it, it, it encouraged me and it kind of validated this feeling that I've always had that. And why and it's why I continue to do this work to try to paint a picture of creativity that isn't just mm -hmm. the incorrect assumption that it is to be artistically gifted because it's really not, yeah. you know? there you, you mentioned something there that's really, I think is really important. And it was about the community coming together to get these books published and to work yeah, together. Sure. Um, I interviewed Craig, Craig Oldham going back a while and his parents were involved in the miners' strike in the UK in mm -hmm. 1984 and 85. So big strikes going on for a year, you know, to the detriment of the family's finances when they wanted the, the government at the time wanted to close the coal mines. And um, and Craig put together a beautiful book called In, in Loving Memory of Work. And it was all the visual graphics from the miners' strike, all the placards made by the people in the homes and everything else. And he termed it as kitchen table creativity, which I thought was magic mm -hmm. and, and really wonderful. And to a degree, that's yeah. that's at play there in what you've described. Um, and I guess that has a broader role in times of conflict, does it not? We we yeah. do we do that. 
<laughs> yeah. to do that. And also, uh, I, I was thinking also about the connections between uh, uh, Ukraine and UK. And you know what? Uh, these cities um, where war started after annexation of Crimea, Luhansk and Donetsk, guess who uh, um, were founder of these cities? Is this the Welshman? That... Yeah, yeah. Uh, one Welshman and one, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Hughes. Uh, yeah, one was uh, like uh, Hughes from, and it's uh, well known because the city of Donetsk was first, uh, uh, they called him Hughes, and it was Yusifka. And Luhansk, city of Luhansk, was also founded by Welshmen. Yeah. So they came here and founded factories. But now, of course, nobody really talking about them. Because like, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, but I found it's very interesting that people at that time, they were, uh, they were, they were coming everywhere and, and making an enterprise and it was an entrepreneurial uh, thing. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And of course, yeah, and of course I'm stating and uh, I, I think everybody agrees that Luhansk and Donetsk are Ukraine and Crimea also is also Ukraine. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, of course like kind of um, our neighbors. We could call them northern neighbors. Russians uh, told them, but uh, it doesn't become theirs. Mm. I, I made some notes on kind of what I think creativity can mm -hmm. become, and 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 your better position to tell me whether I am accurate in in your current situation. So I made a listen. It's got on it. It's got coping a coping mechanism, collective voice, yeah, resistance tool for vital information sharing and and also the yeah. in, in it human need to tell stories all of these yeah. things i would guess are important in the in the current situation that ukrainians find themselves in sure sure yeah yeah uh, also uh it's interesting uh, yeah you, you're right about stories uh the first if we were if thinking about uh, creativity in times of war and uh like uh artists and uh, designers and uh, so on of course first first we think about uh, communication uh i remember uh day uh, war started we we just uh, our family paused uh, at the time we have uh, our youngest child was a year and a half so yeah we have um uh, we we tried to figure out what we're gonna do what is our next actions and uh we took a pause and i was remember i was sitting and uh, drawing with finger on my phone on some drawing app uh something like stand with ukraine and was posting it online and so did uh like so many people because we were uh, we, we we understood that for example, for me, I cannot go and fight because I have a very small child. Uh, but uh, my my task in this situation was to inform, uh, was to, to do this visual communication. Even I wasn't able to open my computer and see it and make nice, nice poster, help Ukraine, etc. But I, I, I was able to, to draw something with my finger. So I did. And so many people did. And Ukrainian designers and illustrators, they do such a powerful works. Unbelievable. Uh, was, it was incredible. Uh, um, I, I uh, someone said that they reached uh, next level working with meaning, with senses. It's really, really uh, fantastic work. And also as a um, person who work, works for community, I did um, 
what I did in the beginning of war when I was totally um, uh, not able to work myself. Um, but I uh, I posted on Instagram that uh, I have a list of Ukrainian illustrators. Um, and I can share this list for, for example, editorial art directors who need these illustrators to, to, to talk about war. And this post uh, was viral somehow. I think uh, it's not that or someone, some some big uh, media uh, reposted it. And so I, I, I got around 100 or maybe more um, uh, requests for this list. And so I just uh, made, I, I just shared this list of Ukrainian illustrators who can, uh, who can do good editorial. And they really did. I think it, it worked out. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah that, that's beautiful. And that's, you know, and that, there's a lot to be concerned about when it comes to social media, but there are huge upsides. Mm -hmm. And that, and when, yes. you hear, when you hear stories like that, you know, you, it's, it speaks of um, collective spirit and, you know, you, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today. Was it not for the kind of social glue that creativity yeah, is? Sure. And it's a common language, isn't it? It's, it's a species active trait, you know, I think that's really important to recognize and, and yeah, and such a a vital tool for like for for all those reasons, but even just f through simple acts like you said there about it, you know the whole kitchen table creativity thing. It, it is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be accomplished and professionally polished. Absolutely, it yeah. can be just as beautiful, but it can be also functional. You know, it is again. It's you work with what you have, and I think there's yeah. there's, there's beauty in that too. Uh, I agree totally, and um, it's it's very it's very. Um... Like everyone can do uh, their uh, thing, their impact, and uh, uh, draw a picture that will tell a story better than the article, probably. And uh, uh, also, I saw that uh, with work, I follow work of uh, hundreds of uh, Ukrainian uh, illustrators. Sometimes they do work about their feelings, and this, uh, and they publish this because they just uh, they it's just their it's not like not commissioned work of just they are feeling this way about some particular events for example and uh, uh, people uh, mm, they this work the illustration resonates with people so much that they are reposting it uh, because it's also theirs like um because sometimes you it's such um, what what's going on in ukraine it's uh, we are feeling and anger and sorrow and sadness so much that it's it's become very hard to express in words you you just you you cannot um like almost almost every day or every week happens something i think uh, actually every day that uh fills you with with um with sadness and, and sorrow and you cannot uh, express it with words anymore. Uh, but you can, if you if you see in a picture that can express this, you 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 understand that this is it. You you can share it, and and it's going to be your your feelings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I remember I I uh, before we kind of uh, become this, be, be, begin this conversation on LinkedIn, um, I uh, I uh, posted in comment. Um, very expressive lettering that Ukrainians did. They are uh, really close to what you do, really, really expressive, but they are uh, about war. They are actually mostly red and black. 
Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, so because I was, I, I, I was feeling that it's important to show um, what people here are doing because, uh, of course, now uh, we don't have such media coverage uh, as it was before, and it's yeah. I believe that it's vital for every human to mm-hmm. have, and that what you described that to me, you know, I did term as emotional creativity. It, it's yeah, it's not yeah. it's not kind of meeting a client demand. Of course, there can be emotional creativity involved in that process, but ultimately, it's it's saying something that is inside of us and feelings and about the yeah. world and our interpretation of that. And I think that no matter the situation, if we don't if we don't use that even in the smallest of ways it's not healthy to keep these feelings inside and to keep them to yeah. ourselves because we are social creatures, but even more so in your situation to, to when you're dealing with such a volume and intensity of emotions, that's not, no one can keep that inside. And if you do, that's not, not going to end well. Yeah. But you know, uh, also, you know what, <laughs> uh, of course it's a, uh, we can, we can blame someone, but uh, we hear it now that people say like, all these Ukrainians, you are annoying with your like uh, with your pictures and your uh, all the time you are saying like uh, with your anger, like we we seeing that unfortunately. Really? Like uh, yeah, really. Oh, it's dear. like uh, yeah. are you like you are like Ukrainians? You are really, you're so negative. Like oh my yeah, God. It, it's a, it's we can see it on on Twitter for example for some people like yeah like uh, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, we we see it, and uh, but uh, for example, me, I it's very hard to do something. I I I work with plasticine. I I love uh, some cheerful colors. I love uh, beautiful stuff, beautiful letters, but I cannot do that now. Mm. I cannot do, and I I of course I, I want to do positive stuff, but I, I actually I cannot do anything not really connected with Ukraine, with war, with I can do stuff connected with um, future uh, re- rebuilding of Ukraine. I can work with that, but all I do and all I think about is uh, my country. Uh, I just can't help it. Of course, how could you not? You know, it, yeah. it, it would almost be strange if you did. You know, I think it's yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, one thing I I did see you mention, you know, and, and it's quite a heavy topic, but it was about you know, mm-hmm. the, about people like you and I, designers and and creative people going to war to to actually fight. Yeah, you know? and this yeah. is this is I think this is something really important for people to be aware of. This isn't you know absolutely. This isn't, this isn't a case of you know, you could choose to go and make art or, you know, there's, there's not yes. much, what about, there's not yes. much choice involved in this, is there? Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, let's face it, go fight and die mm. or be injured. Yeah, because uh, everyone in Ukraine has friends, relatives, uh, loved ones, someone who are there. And I think everyone has someone who who is killed mm. from our community we have also uh people who organized events together with us and became um, a combat medic uh, medics or soldiers or um uh, both men and women and yeah and um what what we of course it's very uh very hard and what us 
uh, ordinary people like uh, can do, we can organize uh, these donations, donate ourselves, organize uh, events with um, with intention to collect money and buy, for example, drones, the simplest thing, or buy something for for drones, buy old used car and uh, yeah, give them or lots of lots of things. So uh, that's how we deal with this. We donate. We mm -hmm. organize donations and donate. It's our um, it's our kind of uh, everyday activity to to yeah. do that. And also, there are uh, this uh, donation is also uh, became uh, unintentionally kind of creative activity because people are trying to invent new ways to. Uh, uh, um, bring attention to their um we, we i don't know how to translate this word because co collection i don't know money collection uh yeah also about uh, uh people uh in the war uh, are artists uh, artists who are now soldiers uh, my uh friend and colleague uh, and community uh, organizer leader sashko komyakhov a brilliant illustrator absolutely uh, amazing his comic artists and uh, he made his graphic novel and now uh, he is uh, he is uh, on the front line or somewhere because we don't really know uh, it's not not allowed to say and he's drawing a military life there uh, also another uh, brilliant illustration Sergei Maidukov he also um, he asks for permission, uh, I think, like journalists to go there to the front lines. And uh, he's making uh, also um, live uh, drawings about that. I know it's called uh, war art, but we didn't have that before. We, it was very new things thing for us. I know that uh, in UK, in US, there are exhibitions and uh, I think people are studying this and, and so on. Uh, but yeah, but people became war artists, and also um, there are people who work, uh, who make design for military. Uh, I mean, uh, communication design. Yeah. Uh, there is a special um, typeface, uh, and a few few typefaces that you uh, you is that are used uh, uh, for military purpose, uh, and they. One was um, developed um, on examples of um, old uh, gra graphics, um, old letters. Um, I, I, it's really better to show it visually. And, and another is new, uh, developed um, by Dmitry Rostvorsev. It's very prominent Ukrainian um, typeface designer. Uh, it's uh, exactly like a font for uh, armed uh, forces. And also, uh, it's a very uh, interesting, um, this creativity uh, in um, creativity, uh, design and engineering, creativity in building new, um, new kind of, let's say, new kinds of drones, for example, because they building uh, and uh, uh, designing really different kinds of drones now. I think Ukraine is kind of leader in this now. 
And we don't see everything, of course, because it's kind of secret information. But sometimes we see and it's like, oh, guys, really, you did that. And they they really, people become these designers, engineers, uh, when they understand the, um, what they need to do, what is purpose. And they design in new, absolutely new kind of machines uh, that can fly, can, uh, for example, drive like remote uh, cars, uh, uh, um, marine drones uh, that can uh, swim in the water. So I think, yeah, it's uh, when when I see this, I say, "Oh, unbelievable! What mm -hmm. you did!" Yeah, and we just uh, we just try to support these people with uh, with donations, and when they yeah. need something, we can. And such bravery, you know, like the war artists. That's, I think that's astoundingly, uh -huh. astoundingly brave. You know, it's, um, yeah. I'm interested in, um, so before the conflict started in 2014, that's right. Yeah, it was started uh, with the annexation of Crimea and Russian intervention intervention on Donbass region in the mm. Donetsk and Lugansk. Yeah. And, be and before that, so I'm interested in within the kind of creative community prior to mm -hmm. this, what was the mood and energy like? And and, and I, I, I'm in no way comparing Ukrainian yeah. people to, to Belarusian people, but I I was able to yeah. visit Belarus International, mm -hmm. the Minsk International Book Fair when my first yeah. book came out, and I I didn't know mm -hmm. what to expect. I I knew very little about yeah. Belarus. This was just an exciting opportunity to go to a new country for me. Sure, and I made lifelong friends there because um, they you know they they treat me wonderfully, and 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 what I very quickly picked up on was this inner strength and this determination to build an identity that wasn't soviet so mm -hmm. as i as i was shown around the streets there was a yeah. lot of soviet architecture yeah. and you know to me as a, a let's say stupid yes, stupid Brit yes. come here without much of a background you know in the nicest way um oh that's a you know a cool building that's an interesting building and quite yeah. quickly i could see the kind of almost fire in the eyes of, of some of the people that were showing me around they didn't like what this represented in the history and mm -hmm. Then, you know, I was taken around these design studios and art studios and I was doing an exhibition um, there mm -hmm. that had all just happened very organically, much in the way that you described with the books. It was kind of a case of, oh, yeah. he's interested sure. in doing things. Yeah. Let's pull everyone together and enable this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everyone that I spoke to, there was a quiet strength and resilience. And only as I got into my trip did I start to detect that people were, wouldn't, you know, they were, they were reluctant to speak about the political state of affairs but within them was this ferocity and people in the studios told me that the workspace could be closed down at any moment or it could you know be taken away or they and again they yeah. were working under these circumstances that were completely alien to me and mm -hmm. the strength of those people I, you know it took me some time when i came back weeks to kind of the the, the high energy that i came back with having seen this and tasted this and and uh, it was just completely inspiring to me so I guess my question is: Is this something that you can relate to, and is this something that you that that ha that was there in Ukrainian culture? Mm -hmm. uh, partly yes, partly no, because in Ukraine it was much more freedom that than in Belarus. Uh, we had some element of dictatorship, but not not that, not mm -hmm. that element in in the Belarus. It's uh, it's huge. Uh, I've been to Belarus many, many times um, as uh, visiting France or uh, traveling, just exploring country. 
uh yeah uh, so in in ukraine it was much more freedom all the time uh it was tough when uh, before uh before uh 2013 uh, yanukovych uh, really tried to um make ukraine uh, kind of di dictatorship and uh, and uh, make it uh, this uh, union with russia and all that and, and because uh, revolution started yeah but um yeah in in ukraine it was uh, we were we were just uh, we were under very big influence from as belarusian designers we were under very big influence uh, of uh, russian uh, uh, design community also uh, and uh, yeah, it was very normal to 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 be to have these connections. Now I kind of regret that, you know. I I think I I didn't I didn't I didn't saw nothing bad in it. But now I think yeah, I should have be more careful with that. We should have uh, we should have started earlier to build our own communities to, to uh, initiate this project to to do more really because uh when uh war started in the 2014 we really kind of woke up and we said like we really can do everything ourselves we don't really need this uh i don't know um, kind of not guidance but we don't need this book we can kind of uh, uh get together and make books for ourselves we don't we don't need this majority of uh, uh russian books uh we don't need these conferences we can do it ourselves um yeah i wish we 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 we, we done it before but you know before uh in for example in 2000 2010 let's say it was so right to have common, um, I don't know, space to, um, um, I mean, for designers to to look at work at, of each other, to go to, to go to conferences, to uh, invite uh, uh, to festivals uh, each other, and so on. Yeah. So, um, but I I would say about myself personally, I gradually cut all connections to um all my colleagues there and i don't i don't really care what they are doing and i just focused on things we can do mm -hmm. and yeah so yeah for me it's like that and for many for many people uh for, for many ukrainians it's also like that let's not let's not really look at them because we have much better examples actually we can we can watch uh, people in uh, let's say in Poland for example what they are doing and uh, yeah have them as as great example like mm -hmm. at least and, and other countries yeah and yeah. Uh, it's a it's a event the wait I'll just uh, have something to say uh you interviewed one wonderful man John Newbegin yeah uh, yeah, and uh, he's really great. And he, when he was talking about Ukraine, uh, it was uh, in the program of British Council uh, about um, creative industries. So uh, it, it was recent uh, talk. And uh, he said that very wonderful, uh, he noticed that Ukrainian culture became much more important for Ukrainians 
we start a war. And it's really true. We just, for us, it's natural thing. It's like, really, we have so much. And uh, um, uh, I also think it's because uh, we saw that all this is so fragile. Someone can really come and take everything you have away your your language your your culture your history because russians are rewriting history and um yeah and so we we need to put more efforts to protect this yeah we do and and, and i would say that everyone does you know because there, there's great complacency just now i think in the mm -hmm. uk you know there's so many people divided by you know very calculated policies and 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 players by a very irresponsible government at the moment you know that are just point scoring by dividing people, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I think we, we have to be really careful and use this example to understand that it could happen to any of us at any time, you know. Um, but speaking of history, so this was something, you know, you sent me the, the beautiful project, the alphabet, mm -hmm. the Ukrainian alphabet. Yes. There was a historical story of importance yes. behind every single one. And, and and it just swallowed two of my days in the best possible oh, way. Oh, yeah, mine too, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was stun just, just stunningly designed. So... um interactive and 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 just yeah. you know every, everything about it i thought was a I, and i considered this a perfect piece of activism because it yes it's, very, it's a very quiet positive activism in a sense would you agree absolutely absolutely it's a really condensed condensed you know like uh, uh i love i love it so much and mm. i'm so proud of 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 guys who who did this it was a few teams working on this uh, alphabet and I know a few of them, and some some I don't, but really fantastic, fantastic yeah. work. And and through this, yeah. I learned so much. Like I said earlier about history, and you mentioned Hol Holodomor, uh, and the yes. horrible starvation yeah. and uh, that happened yes. there. So I'd love to touch upon your growing trident, a plasticine piece, which I thought was incredible. Um, mm, yeah, and I'd love to just you know hear about that and what that felt like for you, and what and what was the, you know, like, tell us about the project. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, thank you so much. I'm uh, actually, I don't, uh, I don't feel myself. You know, plasticine is. By the way, I'm making it right now, and we are talking because I'm doing this all the time. When I'm on a someone, plasticine is, uh, of course, it was invented for adults, uh, but uh, in 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 England in Bath. Uh, second time, it was first time invented in Germany, <laughs> but uh, uh, second, uh, second time in, in England. And so uh, it was invented for, for artists, but then uh, uh, Harbut, who was um, an inventor and promoter and owner of, um, uh, of uh, this plant, um, he uh, understood that probably it's better to market it for kids I think, and it becomes like commonly known uh, material for kids. And so it still has this uh, vibe. And uh, I was very hard for me to uh, make this transition, making something so, making something serious with that. Uh, because like plasticine, making something like, um, and it doesn't like, uh, doesn't, Sounds like I don't know, uh, but I'm working. I'm making. A, I'm. I. I was an ordinary graphic designer and illustrator. I was working like with common materials, but around um, ten years ago, maybe more, I discovered that I can actually 
uh, work uh, part of time with uh, some uh, thing, uh, not with pixels, not with curves, but with uh, plastifying, then make photographs of them, then make, uh, make, make them beautiful in Photoshop. Uh, and so I'm, I'm now I'm mostly more working uh, on doing all, all of this. And, but anyway, even, even, uh, even, uh, even if I can do anything with plasticine, I was not thinking about myself as uh, a good person uh, to working with such a, uh, such a serious uh, subject. Uh, and it was before my friend, uh, Mykola Kovalenko, a prominent Ukrainian designer who uh, makes a poster every day since start of war. He's really great uh, designer and fantastic. Um, he's fan fantastically working with ideas. Imagine uh, uh, for two years making poster every day on on one theme. Mm. I, I'll I'll send a link. Uh, so he just approached me and asked, like, uh, we're making an exhibition. Will you make um, a poster for us? And I, uh, uh, like, I say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, <laughs> and so I was, um, and, and still I was thinking, no, no, it's just too serious for me. I'm not that good in working with meaning. I'm just, but then I just started doing something and uh, came with this idea yeah, but still, I think that uh, like hundreds of people are much better than me working with uh, this uh, Ukrainian identity uh, things. Yeah, so I admire them, too, admire them too, too much. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying. I'm just learning doing this. <laughs> but the piece, yeah. was, but the piece was beautiful. And 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 what does the trident represent? Trident? What trident represents? Uh, it's a. Um, it's very uh, how to say historians argue about that. Uh, it was a uh, um, you know, symbol of uh, uh, in uh, uh, ancient uh, medieval um, uh, Kiev, Kiev Rus uh, state. Uh, it was a symbol of uh, uh, this prince, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Prince uh, Volodymyr. It was his stamp. And uh, people say that it represents a bird in flight, uh, but also uh, it. Uh, some people say that uh, word um, freedom or voila is hidden inside it. So uh, if you kind of um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, if you uh, deconstruct it, you can see uh, uh, four letters. Uh, V-O-L-A, which is in Ukrainian means in the same time freedom and will. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, so um, there really is such letters and so also, but also it's not, it's just theory that theory that uh, uh, words, a word is hidden in, in trident. Mm. So yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> it is a beautiful book. Uh, it's in Ukrainian, but it's uh, in um, not kind of it. It uh, publicly uh, it's downloadable, so you can download fantastic books with very big investigation about uh, Trident, Trident uh, thousand years ago and uh, hundred years ago when it was reinvented by uh, Vasily Krychevsky and now and so and so on. I can also give a link and it's, it's a beautiful book. Yeah, it, it speaks to the, of a character to, to have 
you know, an exhibition to a previous tragedy in the midst of a contemporary one. Yeah, yeah. We we are referring on these events 100 years ago all the time. Yeah, um, all the time we are, you know, like all these all these events uh, of uh, 1920s, 1930s, Second World War, and uh, and after they are all all connected for us, and we are uh, thinking, talking, and uh, reading about them all the time. It's all for us like uh, living, continuing history. Yeah. yeah. It's really powerful. And another thing, yeah. that, you know, that really jumped out to me was the Slovo building. And, mm -hmm. the, and, yes. the, and the kind yes. of, because yeah, I'm sure you've heard me say on the podcast, I'm constantly repeating this, but I always talk about art college and that collectivity and the first time walking in there yeah. after school and finding my people and, and the, the, the joy that continues to give me. Um, so when I read about the Slovo building, you know, I, it was, it, it had that same thing. So I've got a description here and it says it was buzzing with life with residents creating their masterpieces side by side, visiting mm -hmm. each other for tea, borrowing books on art and liqueurs. And sharing ideas right on the staircase and then you get to what happened in the 1930s where people were actually yes. killed from there yes. and, and it's like yes. oh my god oh more people and, yeah. that, and that history you know yeah and, yeah, yeah but something so sacred even just selfishly to me is that collective creative spirit that's yes sacrilegious and and that's i guess you know i i'm right in thinking it's been shelled during this war too the building yes it was uh, we don't know intentionally because uh, they shoot in Kharkiv, uh, like uh, like you know what fell, what falls. Uh, they not really precise. Let's say it's very fast rockets which flies from short distance, and mm. uh, it's very hard to protect Kharkiv from all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, about these impressions of um uh, 1930s so my family was taking the house their house really? just uh, my grand grandfather was yeah he was uh, he was clever he he earned money he built a house for his family and for children and one day uh soviets came and said just get out and my grandmother who was a child she remembers it and like that was that was life uh, like at that time and that's why so many people left ukraine mm. like it was impossible to make things here like let's say sonia delonaire her, she was born in ukraine but she was taken when she was uh, little mm. and and many many others it was just very very hard to work here or my uh, <laughs> example igor sikorsky inventor of helicopter he he started here but it was just, and the people who 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 stayed, they was many of them were just killed, and it's important to 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 remember to remember them. Ah, yeah, hard topic, very hard topic. I'm I'm kind of I'm smiling because, um, yeah, we need to, like, yeah, but but it's very hard, and and actually I'm thinking about this frequently, and we discussing this frequently in community. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. In, in many ways, what you know, what the spirit of that that collective gathering that we touched upon there that that is yeah. now what's happening, I guess, among you guys. No matter how disparate it becomes, that is still that spirit is still present, isn't it? Even though it's not located in yes. one, in one center. I think it's very 
it's common for all people to mobilize and to work together uh, when they face such things because and it we, we saw it uh, around Ukraine uh, uh, when uh, war started and so many people like uh, like mothers with children were, were trying to to leave uh, people on the border of Ukraine in Poland Romania uh, and um, Slovakia for example Hungary uh, they mobilized absolutely. They, uh, they, they, they created. It was like that. that Ukrainians arrive and they are facing emptiness. No, they were met by, by hundreds of volunteers, who were who were uh, schools were turned schools near border were turned to these um, places where people can sleep, eat, and then someone is taking you somewhere further. So you can you can rest somewhere in someone someone's family. So uh, when when su- such bad things happening, like people somehow become like bees or ants. They 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 become self-organized. I don't wait uh, somebody to to tell them what to do. They are doing bringing, helping and all that. I think probably it was somehow uh, like UK, it's pretty remote, <laughs> remote, but somehow it happened also. Uh, um, people were um, offering houses, offering offering help uh, so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing. We're a resourceful species, you know, and it's it's almost um, it's sad that that has to happen before we do that. Almost, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but then, how, yeah, yeah. You know, we could talk forever about how, you know, how do you find, <laughs> yeah, the, how do you find the middle <laughs> ground of that? You know, how do you, how do you re- remain present and mindful when there isn't adversity? You know, it's, it's difficult, but adversity certainly has a way of rallying and, and bringing inventiveness, um, heart, compassion out of people. There's so many things. There was also the, the yeah. projector, is it projector creative and tech foundation? Yeah, they are fantastic. I thought yeah, that was an, absolutely. If you could just tell us about that a little bit, I thought that was an incredible initiative. Uh, this projector is just a school for design and uh, uh, design and, and many things and uh, de- design and software development, illustration, interactive design. Uh, great, I'm a friend of uh, with the. Uh, um, uh, founders uh, Misha Rybachuk and Sasha Trigub they absolutely I can recommend them for, for a talk they can they can tell a lot about how to do this uh, amazing people they started just like school you know private school for design and uh, I've, I've been there as a teacher and student many times and they uh they just uh, nine years ago, I think they started, and they uh, they just um, very uh, how to say it um, uh, uh, people who 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 people who see the future. It's uh, not futurist, but they can visualize future and uh, go ahead. They do so many things. They uh, organize. Um, uh, this uh, study for women who, for example, uh, were forced to leave home and now need remote jobs. So they organize study for them to for the women to become designers, testers, uh, software developers, uh, UX designers. Uh, they are working with the um, uh, Ministry of Education to make, uh, for example, uh, some products for 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 education. Uh, I mean, in schools. 
So they are people full of ideas and very, very great to implement them. And so we will love them. Yeah, and uh, they are very great example. This is now it's totally online school that teaches um, uh, many many profession uh, in creative industries. Again, and I think that's it's another it's just another beautiful example of why your ants and bees analogy really works yes, because absolutely it, 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 yeah it's reconfiguring and coming together and and cross pollinating with yeah. skills and I just think that's an example to all yeah. of us, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, for, for example, they have their teachers uh, have a program of uh, mentoring, uh, and you pay for mentoring by donating to some uh, in initiative. Yeah, and many many things like that, small things, but uh, they kind of launch uh, something new like almost every week. And yeah, yeah we are happy to to help them and and yes. so on. And then yeah. there's um, you know, there's a lot of one topic that i've got written down here that i thought that stood out to me was the brave mm -hmm. the bravery in creating mm -hmm. creating in in circumstances of conflict too because yeah. the, there was the georgie gongadze murder that yeah I, gongadze, yes yes that i came across i, yeah. I do I, I should have apologized at the start for my my pronunciation, sure, sure, absolutely. It's, it's my Georgia, pronunciation but <laughs> yes yeah, sure it's uh, it's hard for us <laughs> yeah too sometimes but um, he was uh, of georgian region uh, yeah and so, yeah, yeah. But he was, uh, yeah, he was super brave man who wasn't afraid. At that time when he worked as journalist, uh, there was many elements of dictatorship in, in Ukraine, actually. And so he was fighting with that. And like you mentioned earlier with the, the war artists, and then I've also got even, yes. fr even Franco down too. Um, yes. You know, going back longer, like a hundred mm -hmm. yes. years. But, yeah, years. Um, you know, again, there's so many examples of that, and 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 just, you know, when when there's oppression and there's and there's, mm -hmm. and what uh, you know, the constant historic attacks, whether it's on the language, you know, then this yes. again another thing why the 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 constant ebbing and flowing of the kind of Russian seeming desire to to curtail the Ukrainian yes. specific language. Um, Yes, and you know you'll have to help me with the pronunciation, but the um, is it the Para Parasopnitsky Gospel? <laughs> Parasopnitsky, yes, Parasopnitsky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, um, again, which was about Princess Anastasia Zaslavska, mm Holshanka. -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm really making a mess of the. <laughs> sure, it's normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this uh, this was translating a text from the book the bookish church Slavonic language to literally uh, literary Ukrainian. So yes. again, it's, it's a bold. Uh, back in those days, such boldness had both democratic and heretical nature, a trait often seen only among nations with a free spirit. So again, to mm -hmm. to go against the order of the yeah. day and to risk yes. your individual well being is yes. just it's phenomenally um, bold and brave. Yes, yes, mm. it is. Yeah. Um, uh, also, also uh, Shevchenko, the Ukrainian poet uh, who worked in the um, uh, end of uh, 18th century, uh, he was uh, pretty, and he's uh, and he is now example of, of this uh, bravery too. Um, he he was made kind of idol also by um the soviet propaganda because he was fighting against uh, tsar tsarism but against tsar but actually he was fighting again not not only tsar but russian russians in, in general but 
anyway, uh, he was also an artist and poet, uh, but his poems was about free Ukraine, about old Ukraine, about Cossack time, about uh, let's fight against oppression. And of course, he was uh, imprisoned. He was um, not allowed to write and draw and so on. And um, it's interesting that Shevchenko is something uh, that we are studying uh, as uh, as every every year we study uh, kids. I mean, in school studying Shevchenko, and it was something you know for me it was something not really relevant. And it and it and now I understand that it was bad because he is relevant. I was uh, I was school uh, school child ch- child in nineties, yeah. and for us kind of it wasn't such a problem like uh, I mean nobody saw such danger in Russia um, and we kind of uh, I, I'm here we all spoke Russian but now I understand that it it was not right it was not right at all and we we yeah we, we can do nothing about it but we should have work better and be more attentive to all these little things uh, that may lead to to be to big uh, problems mm. yeah. yeah 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 it's it's you know and you said it earlier but it's almost that the almost the time becomes irrelevant in a sense because yeah okay you know we when we when we look yeah. at it, well, you know if we look at a date on a page and we say okay so i've got down here you know 18 90 yeah. something that's that's just an arbitrary number yeah. you look at that and that feels like ancient times well actually it's, yes. con- it's contextual isn't it so you know in in this country we we are really mm-hmm. the second world war is probably you know the big example that we always have but when we look at that we look at black and white footage we look at the way it's presented and as you mentioned there myself as a school kid i would have had the same response i would have gone sure my granddad's oh, my granddad's on. you know my yeah. granddad's always on about that whatever it's you know it's fine that has a way that time almost disappears when that becomes contemporary and therefore that bravery and that creativity and and that willingness to create beyond a lifetime almost to think so long term that becomes you know that just becomes timeless doesn't it yeah absolutely but we also uh, you know we also discuss uh, what people in london did in uh, um, 1842 like we are discussing like so these people went to bomb shelter and then got up and went to work. Really? <laughs> yeah, they did. And they also brought, uh, they, their mothers brought their children to remote uh, places far from, uh, from London. And so we are, we're talking about this uh, too. And uh, what artists did, they, uh, uh, they needed a lot of um, uh, informational these posters about like, like uh, what it was uh, grow food and uh, yeah it's interesting and we also we also studying that and uh yeah really uh, second world war is so close to us you you're right uh, <laughs> it's it's an inter- interesting phenomenon but uh in ukraine we say like we have same problem actually mm-hmm. same problem with people who try to actually to erase us yeah yeah. Still, and they they have this idea, and uh, they had it before, and they have it now, and they still trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's unthinkable. Yeah, and kind of you know it's it's very hard to comprehend when you haven't 
experience that yeah. too which is yeah. why i which is why i think art and literature are just so vital and and song you know song is something i wanted to touch upon mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a, really? a, is there a lot of musical heritage is very important in ukraine right? yeah yeah, yeah. sure uh, absolutely i mean folk songs uh are something yeah really um like from lullabies to uh, to songs that um, uh, like warriors were singing when they are marching and something. Yeah, they are important because it's something that you cannot really um, cannot uh, restrict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people will still will still you can't you can't not allow them to make their magazines or newspapers in Ukrainian, but they still gonna sing. I came across, let me find it in my notes. Mm -hmm. I think it's Roger mm -hmm. Roger Leon, American composer. He yeah. reworked the Russian national anthem with the sound of bombs. You know, and that's you know, that's um this the sound I listened to the track because this was a you know, to try try to illustrate the savagery of mm -hmm. what's happening there. There's something about you know, that that stay I listened to it and it stayed with me for, you know, twenty four hours. I still felt the kind of unsettling and then mm -hmm. just that was something that no other art form could have could have conjured within me you know and it did and mm -hmm. it and, and it was awful you know and, and and that was a very secondhand experience but actually that was a powerful a very powerful piece of art mm -hmm. um so there's that side of music you know and then but mm -hmm. then like you said there's there's the thing you know things like oral traditions that are passed down on mm -hmm. generations that didn't have the liberty of sure. of making books and things that would stand yes. the test of time, which is also yes. vitally important and, and poetry also. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because people were uh, not, not, not everyone knew how to uh, read and write. And so, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Sadly, people are also yeah. desensitized to image these days, you know? So mm -hmm. because there's a, we see a, that's one of the downsides is that we see so much graphic imagery now with the internet. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a, you know, people very quickly either forget or block out or become yes. resilient in that sense um, mm -hmm. to, to, to other people's trauma and find reasons not to engage with that. Yeah, uh, that's true. And uh, yeah, what can we do about that? We can... Uh, us uh, especially i see it on, on twitter um mm -hmm. uh, yeah we we're not stopping we are still uh, i mean ukrainian community especially who, who speaks uh, english good enough and we're trying to to tell what's going on all the time and definitely not not going to stop and yeah it's it's great that some some it's great that some people are really great supporters of ukraine and uh, they can uh, still be sensitive and um, yeah but now uh, now we're talking in um, in february of um, 2024 now i think it's also a critical moment with this support and uh, we don't know how war is going to be uh, further and of course we really need the support so it's actually also our task to find new ways to tell about ourselves ourselves mm. um, yeah and then be loud and uh, overcome this yeah yeah it it's what i'm thinking about yeah very much so and and, yeah. and there was the poster project by yerko gutsalak is that yes 
Um, mm -hmm. I, I, again, this was about music and the quote said that the best way to experience a city is to explore songs dedicated to it a city that fosters yeah. inspiration and love can proudly curate an enhanced personal playlist and um you know, talk, talks about the history of kiev and uh, being celebrated by poets and composers and yeah. you know it's yeah that's the projects like that just yeah. you know they, they make me want to contribute and yeah help, you know? <laughs> yeah uh, Yurko Hutsulak is brilliant Ukrainian uh, a designer absolutely phenomenal I think I would compare him uh, I don't know with uh, Paul Rand I think he's uh, so influential uh, among us he started early when uh, we early I mean in uh, in beginning of uh, 2000s because uh, you were kind of uh, in Ukraine, we're kind of late with many things, you know. Um, I mean, the design, design in design, I mean, with um, because in um, in nineties we we were in survival mode. Actually, it was no no time, no money, no space to make good design to make some nice design projects. It was people just trying to survive, literally, yeah. and. Um, yeah, uh, but of course there was great works, but not much because commercially there wasn't much space for it. And like to make great work wor works, you need events that you can make posters and like you know something. But uh, in the uh, uh, in the beginning of uh, two thousand, yeah, uh, uh, he really became really powerful. Uh, like engine, uh, engine of uh, of a movement making really great works, and I was happy to work um, for him, like uh, uh, illustrators, illustrator for his project, and yeah, uh, and he's really deep, deep designer. It's, it's this this quotation about songs is uh, is really great, um, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, yeah. to go back to the survival thing, that's the thing, isn't it? That's yeah. when that's when creativity becomes creativity in the very um primal sense. You were you were getting by, yeah. you were reconfiguring, you were making the best of yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is my thing. I think I think sometimes people are very quick when I when I bring up creativity in yeah. conversations that are deeper than being artistic people's backs yes. initially go up until I, then that's when i have to explain what i mean by creativity and it's yes. not it's mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not i'm not referring to any one art form or design or anything yeah. i'm talking about yes. the, reason, the reason that humans are still on this planet <laughs> you know yeah 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 that's... to make something out of out of nothing actually yeah to make uh to, to invent something yeah i really i really love your definition of creativity yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's again, it's just to go back to that simple to have ideas that have value. That's that you know, yeah. like, or applied imagination. These are two definitions that I that I use in the book. That yes, when you strip it right down, that's what creativity yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, there was great. yeah something I wanted to to talk about was symbolism because mm -hmm. as I as I worked through the alphabet the, the project, yeah, there was numerous things that really made a mark for me um the hedgehogs is that the right way of putting it the, the... yeah hedgehogs uh yeah me, uh, this uh, um i mean um made of iron right yeah the anti-tank yeah um, yeah anti-tank yeah yeah that, yeah that blew my mind when when i saw yes. the typographic character likened to these hedgehogs and then what that the, yes. thought, the thought process that that triggered in in my mind 
because yes. of, of all the things I read that maybe that was the one that stayed with me the most because of the the severe shape and and mm -hmm. I was in I was in the street here in Salisbury I, I was I was researching in a cafe for this project and reading that and I yes. couldn't I couldn't look at the streets in the same way I, I saw these hedgehogs and I pictured what yes. they would look like here in this street and, and, it, and it just yeah it made me feel on one hand so fortunate that, that I had to imagine that but on the other yes. hand it made me um feel compassion for you guys that this is a part of your everyday lives yeah to a degree I yeah. this is not unfamiliar um I don't really know where I'm going with this as a question but it was just yeah it, yeah yeah it was so powerful and so symbolic and then to see that used in that way within this alphabet is quite close to genius yeah. in my opinion very cool yeah uh, also, I remember uh, when the war started, my friend and colleague, uh, Olga Terefeva, she, uh, we have a group of um, uh, chat of uh, industrial designers who like, you know, make chairs and uh, I don't know, uh, furniture. And um, when the war started, uh, she wrote like, guys, like industrial designers. So we're making hedgehogs. Like you can go to this workshop, like and make them or like uh, do something. So they designers became makers. They were uh, it very simple structures, but still, uh, when were started, so many um, designers started to design for war. Uh, for example, fashion designers, uh, yeah, they have tasked to design some pieces of clothes that will work and so on. And for example, uniform for women and and many other stuff. And uh, for example, clothes that it's easy to wear when for injured soldiers. Something that, um, oh, sorry, hard to explain. Uh, then you can e more easily uh, take off with uh, buttons uh, help me ban i'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean they were they were designing uh like um clothes mm. for for special occasions it's uh it reminds me uh papanek book uh, design for real world yeah because so we were hit by by such circumstances and people stopped with making chairs and started making uh Czech hedgehogs yeah that's that's just um yeah and i hope that will i i you know the thing is i doubt that my listeners need to have creativity validated yeah but i do yeah. hope that i do hope that this is something that the people who like me have had days where we, we will sit there and you know the work's not coming in or we're working on a project that just feels yeah utterly meaningless i hope yeah. that this will shine a light on the skills and the power that we have in visual communication and creativity because if that's not an illustration of the power, then I don't know what is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm really, really, really glad that you have this intention. I'm so happy that uh, really, at least, uh, at least uh, we have you who are li listening, but our listeners too. I really hope, guys, you will, you will find this uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny because I'm a, I'm a recent father. You know, my my children just turned four. I have yeah. twins and. Uh, yeah. And from the earliest age, I, I, you know, tell them I, I like to try to to paint a picture that they are fought that, that what they're fortunate with, you know, why they're why they yeah. have good fortune and and how not everyone does. So, for example, when we pass someone yeah. who's maybe in a wheelchair in the street, and I I, I don't yeah. just say right, move to one side 
on we go. I, yeah. ex I explain yeah. the reason why we stood to one side and why that's really important and, and why we mm -hmm. have to um, acknowledge that person and understand the misfortune that they've had that they haven't yet had. And they're, they're four, so they're not going to comprehend that yet. But they do pick up things and they do. Mm -hmm. they, will, they will now stop in the street and say, you know, Daddy, that 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 person had a wheelchair. And, I, and we'll talk about that. And as yeah. they as they grow and as they get older, I will very much, you know, when they're over the right age, I will make sure they hear this conversation. I will make sure that they acknowledge the things that are going on in the world. I want them to be attuned. I yeah. want them to be sensitive and I want them to recognize the privilege, but also the responsibility that we should have with the, with this privilege. It's, yeah, you know, that's my point, I think. And this is, you know, this this is a small thing. I don't know how many people will hear this podcast. Truth is, I, I don't particularly care. I hope it's a lot, but I, but I'm doing yeah. this because I I like I said about the trying to picture the street with the hedgehogs. You know, I, I yes, I'm a sense. I'm a highly sensitive person, and and what I I can't escape is that responsibility. It's hardwired in me. You know, I've, from an early age, I want to make a difference where I can, and that at times mm -hmm. feels like a heavy burden, but it's really not. You know, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a bit of a ramble, but I hope it, you know, I hope you understand. Great. What I'm yeah. To say, yeah. You know, that, yeah. That's fantastic. That's, that's you know, really I, good. I, but, that's... but also what a privilege to have this conversation. You know, I was, mm -hmm. I was telling some people on my dog walk this morning, you know, that I, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, what's the plan for the day kind of thing. And, and I, and I mentioned yeah. this conversation and, and people were very interested and we had deep conversations as we always do on the dog walk. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is a privilege and it is, yeah, you know, to bring some tiny contribution to to to, 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 a, to a cause that affects us all. Because let's face it, you said it yourself. This could happen to any of us. You know. Yeah, actually, yeah. What I wanted, if I since I have this opportunity, uh, what I wanted to say about Ukraine, and I want to ask people just not stop supporting and just. Uh, sometimes check news about us and maybe report something maybe um just just don't don't ignore what's going on here yeah because it's so it's very hard you know it's it's very hard we all people it's hard to bear this mm -hmm. but um yeah um but still please don't don't forget about us yeah. yeah, I think it's critical We've... because I, I believe that the reason that it feels so hard is because we have to feel that to act, you know? Yes. Uh, every time I I suffer a personal low in, uh -huh. in, in response to something that I've seen or I worry about, like the climate crisis, for example, yes. when I get back to an equilibrium, I come back to that equilibrium with more resolve than before. And more ideas about how I might contribute to that. So I do believe that there's a necessary amount of pain that I have to feel as a human to, to because I have mm -hmm. to help. If we don't help, yes. then we're all going to sooner or later suffer. So I think that we have to feel that hurt. So I would also say, I would also add to that, that people, it's about, you have to manage the exposure, but I think you have to have the exposure, you know? Mm -hmm. But but it's not not that hard to help, actually. Uh, we can all have informationally. We can all share important things, mm -hmm. uh, and it works. And it's uh, it, it's important. It's important. It's uh, for us. We feel support. And if people are sharing news about what's going on, and like you, make some little research, 
about uh, and I think there are lots of information in English some little research and maybe know something for themselves and share something that they found interesting like Ukrainian uh, letters a special font so maybe for the designers it's uh, to uh, to look at contemporary Ukrainian um, face designers or um, graphic designers or uh, agencies or uh, just just something which relate to you or illustrators for example which we have fantastic illustrators and it also it's 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 amazing it's um i'm i'm so happy that you made your research and you found out so many things and somehow we are uh, i made you a little bit uh, in love with ukraine which <laughs> and it, it's it brings me so much joy and it will make a big impact, actually, I think. And it's uh, kind of as an activist, uh, it's my task to uh, to gradually to help people to fall in love with Ukraine because there are so many, so many beautiful things. Yeah. And and unfortunately, we before we we had no time to tell about this. And somehow, even I'm kind of ashamed to say that we didn't, we haven't, haven't. Um, haven't didn't knew a lot about ourselves too about our about history of ukrainian design it's unfortunately it's not the things i learned in my uh, uh in my art school we mm -hmm. we didn't really study that and it's very bad and uh yeah now i'm doing this so one thing i wanted to to, to uh, talk about was imagination and optimism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um there's a particular example that stood out and it was Mar it was Mar how do I pronounce it? Mariupol? Mariupol. Mariupol, Mariupol. yes. Yeah. Mariupol, yes. Setio Mariupol, yes. Mm -hmm. so it was right on the front front line. Um, yes, and it's occupied. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, there's... the You know, this. The, what I got through through this project, the alphabet that I keep going back to, was the, the kind of the determination and uh, the, to, to see, you know, the, the sense that we will one day have this city back. And, and you know... Yes. That... I think first to for something better to exist first we have to be able to imagine it. Yes. Do you agree? Yes, yeah. And and we have to create that vision and also then the optimism to to fight to move towards Absolutely. Making yeah. that happen. Yes. Um that you know that that is something that that has to be prominent among the Ukrainian people. Yeah. That they are, yeah, they imagine, yeah. And uh, for example, Crimea uh, also, it's, uh, it's, it was uh, annexed, it was captured, but still, even now, there are people who live in Crimea all this time. And I know these people, uh, because also from community designer, there are people who still uh, feel themselves as Ukrainian. They are like work they they are ukrainian in this even in this uh, uh, totally occupied environment and mm. they are imagining they don't lose lose faith uh, uh, even in circumstances when it's super hard yeah and and uh, i imagine and we do all the time i'm just saying talking about crimea because it's uh, it's bigger uh, example it's a beautiful peninsula uh, which actually is land of Crimean Tatars who were um, not how to say it who were forcibly uh, taken away from from there in uh, um, 
like m many years ago and gradually came back and now they are oppressed there also so it's actually their their land right their land and uh, uh yeah it's uh, what you what you're saying is very important to we all are imagining that Crimea is going to be a safe place for them when they can uh, when they can develop their culture and live their lives as they uh, as as they as they did as they deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, yeah. It, uh, as for uh, again, it, yes, uh, sure. again it draws that line like we touched upon between particular art forms and you know creativity in the survival sense. I guess it's the same thing. You know, you have to imagine the world that you want to exist and, and keep yes. working towards that, which, you know, and that's where imagination, you know, and that's why I, that's why I wish again, there was greater, um, a greater light shone on imagination as a really important mm -hmm. thing in education and, and not to, not to relinquish this as we become adults because too many people do, particularly in, in, in countries like my own, where there is complacency mm -hmm. you know it's all too easy to go oh yeah but you know that's what you need to get a job and we forget about these fundamental human needs and skills yeah 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 good point yeah and what i will say is yeah. that this is continually inspiring to me and, and galvanizing and it and it and it and I know that I'm not alone in feeling this way when I see what you guys are going through and and the amazing things you're yeah. doing in response to it. But just this, you know, this continued determination to create and to keep making, which is how yeah. this conversation came about, you know, beyond heroic. Yeah, I even can give you even more, like it's, it's a very strange example when um, people, many people flee, uh, politically active people flee in the uh, 20s when uh, Ukraine was taken over by Soviets and in um, after Second World War also. And uh, what they were doing when they uh, became kind of refugees in other country, they were building Ukraine in free world. So mm -hmm. in, in Canada, in US, in Argentina, in UK, everywhere they lived, they... Uh, they for them there was no hope for independent Ukraine actually it was only dream and imagination and they we can only imagine this blue and yellow flag for example in 70s it was kind of it sounds very impossible but they still continue to believe in that it it's uh, it's unbelievable it's a this diaspora uh, and they preserve their heritage traditions and all that language of course uh and uh, uh, it's when I first heard about this Ukrainian Ukrainian free world. Uh, it's amazing concept. It's it's like uh, still having your country, but within you and within your community, and working towards uh, making it true. And finally, in late eighties and uh, beginning of nineties, it became true. Like it's uh, it's unbelievable how how they did it and what they did, and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all it's all very well complex uh, processes, but uh, but but the fact that people carried this Ukraine with them when they went away, and and now all these people who who left uh, Ukraine for safety reason, they they also kind of making their own little Ukraine because of course hoping to come back, they are making communities and helping each other uh, and uh, for example celebrating christmas in ukrainian way mm. with singing special christmas carols 
and yeah. yeah for them it's very important for and yeah it's, it's yeah it's really beautiful and uh yeah so important yeah well i mean i i think i've you know <laughs> covered covered everything and more i wanted to talk great, about great. yeah so thank you so much no it's absolutely so my all, all my pleasure it's um yeah and yeah and i mean maybe you could um send me some yeah. link what i'd like to do is share some some places sure. that people can go to help and i mean maybe there's absolutely not, if you could th if you could maybe gather a handful of places I, I will share the ones you sent me like the alphabet and things and um, sure sure yeah but i would love to send some you know some go-to actionable places for people to, to okay absolutely to pick up from this conversation yeah. which i'm sure people will sure, want sure. heartfelt thank you to all your protosova for taking the time to talk at such an unimaginably trying um traumatic time of life it means the world um and it, if anyone else from ukraine is listening to this show it, all you can say is thank you because the strength that you people are showing at a time like this to continue creating and just showing how powerful creativity and belonging and, and all the beautiful things that come from these uh these you know these human fundamental skills of ours is just mind-bending it really is it's a reason for everyone else to get out of bed in the morning and do something and contribute and remember how lucky we are if we don't have to live through such an experience sadly that's not the reality in ukraine just now so i hope any of the listeners will join me in in trying to share the work of olya and and other amazing creators from ukraine um, I'm going to share some links that all you sent me in the show notes that will take you to places where you can see that work and you can help somehow. You could share, you know, some of the work. You could shout about it. You could contact people and and help think how you can help because they need all of it just now. So there you have it. I hope you took even just a modicum of the inspiration that I took from that chat, which was. I wasn't exaggerating at the start of the show when I said it's one of the most powerful conversations I will ever have, one of the most moving. Um, and it really does connect you with a real story that isn't just the news, that isn't just um, social media, you know. It's real people, real lives, real struggles. So let me know your thoughts. Contact Olya, please do give her a follow and share and contribute and support and uh and you know that's all there is to say really um big thank you to the founding sponsor of the show illustration x who make all this stuff possible these kind of conversations possible that is also incredible so thank you to those guys go and check them out illustrationx.com or the global range of illustration and animation portfolios the creative condition book has now gone to press it's going to be out on the 28th of march the kickstarter guys are going to be getting it before then in the early part of march uh, i'm going to have to stick up a pre-order link before long for everyone else and i hope you can consider getting involved i have used a few of Olya's words from our initial conversation towards the back end of this book in a chapter called which future uh, it's not the last thing i'm going to be doing with the ukraine on the show far from it i want to feature more people i'm going to be uh, writing a piece over the next week or so about a uh, another quite heart-rending story from the war in ukraine that Olya sent me just after our chat more details on that to follow all being well that'll be next week's show 
Um, but that's all from me. Thank you so much, guys. Do give us a, a subscription and a review if you get the chance, and do spread the word. This show means a lot to me and this cause of creativity and helping people to understand and embrace theirs. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Bye.